You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reads Blaster Master. Meet Jason. Recently, he lost his pet frog. Jason chased after Fred, you know, the frog, and discovered a creepy old swamp. Or along, he decided to jump down a huge hole because maybe, just maybe, that's where his frog went. That's right, he jumped down a huge hole. But it's a good thing he did, because he met an alien girl named Eve, who was on Earth collecting samples for her home planet. Unfortunately, Eve inadvertently brought an evil group of plutonium monsters with her. Thankfully, Jason and Eve have a special car, Sophia the Third. Will this odd couple be able to defeat the evil monsters and save the world? Find out on another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Blaster Master. Chapter 8 Spock! Sophia III lurched backwards from the force of the hit. The power gauge dipped full notch. Spock! The vehicle jumped backwards again. It was at the edge of a tunnel now, and the power gauge was dangerously low. Fire back, Eve shouted. Jason drummed his fingers on gun as fast as he could. A barrage of bullets shot towards the guard's open mouth. Black! 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 It was as if Jason were throwing popcorn in its mouth. The guard just swallowed the gunfire. Spock! came the guard's return blast. Sophia III was thrown clear back into the tunnel. We need a better weapon, Eve shouted. Let's get out of here. She put Sophia III in reverse and sped back along the narrow tunnel. Jason looked at the dashboard. The power gauge was almost at zero. Eve was looking too. We were almost dead beats back there, she said. Jason nodded. Dead meat. No, dead beets, Eve responded. I'm a vegetarian. She tapped Jason's weapon panel. Our mission is going to be treacherous. We must activate these weapons if we're to survive. But how? In the underworld, there are many small chambers that Sophia III will not fit into. One person must go in, alone. These chambers contain the energy capsules necessary to power our weapons. Hey, I'm there, Jason said. Just point the way. But I must warn you, these chambers are also full of deadly traps. Oh? Jason suddenly lost his enthusiasm. Sophia III zoomed out of the tunnel. Jason breathed a sigh of relief until he saw what was in front of them. It was a cavern. No, no. Worse than that. It was a nightmare of a cavern. Its walls loomed high above as far as the eye could see. Screams and shrieks echoed around them, sounding like needles scraping across records. Strange, mechanical birds swooped down, releasing missiles of explosive energy. Along the walls, there were long, flat edges. Each one was patrolled by a robot 
exactly like the ones Eve and Jason had vanquished earlier. And directly in front of them, a sea of black water stretched out. The surface was covered with large bubbles. But when Jason looked closer, he saw they weren't bubbles at all. They were glowing, radioactive jellyfish. Eve? Jason said. Take us to one of these chambers. Anything would be better than this. Eve propelled Sophia III onto one of the ledges, directly into the path of a robot. Is, is this the way to the chamber, Eve? Jason asked. The robot came closer. Eve, what are we doing here? Fire, Jason, Eve shouted. No kidding! Jason destroyed the robot, and a power orb hung in the air. Eve steered the vehicle through the orb. The power gauge went up a notch. Jason smiled. I get it. You, you want to power back up to full before we go on. You're really on the bat, Jason. Yeah, and you're on the ball, Jason answered. Eve guided Sophia the third from ledge to ledge. Jason shot down robots and mechanical birds until the power gauge was full. When Sophia the third landed on a high, quiet ledge, Jason hollered with joy. We made it! Yes, Eve said. Now, would you like to go, or shall I? Go? Jason looked out the window. A narrow door was concealed in the wall of a cavern. Is, is that one of the chambers? Yes. One of us must venture inside, and the other will stay with Sophia the Third. Jason thought about it for a moment. Eve, you're the one who knows how to operate this vehicle. I think I should go. A wise choice. She reached into the compartment under her seat and took out a small gun. Take this laser blaster. With this, your helmet, and your wits, you will be protected. Jason knew if he didn't act fast, he might change his mind. He clutched the gun in one hand and opened the door with the other. Thanks, Eve. I'll be back. Don't take any wooden pickles. Nickels! Yeah, those either, Eve replied. Good luck. Jason gave her a salute. He turned to the door, tightened his fingers around the gun, and pushed his way through. Immediately, he wished he hadn't. Vooch! The moment he stepped into the room, he had to duck a flying missile. He tried to stand up, but another one just grazed his helmet. Jason quickly backed into the chamber door, where the barrage of missiles couldn't reach him. He took a close look at what was throwing them. He almost gagged. It was a one-eyed metallic blob with a coat of long steel wool hair. The missiles were flying around it in a wide circle, like bola balls. Jason knew there was no turning back now. For the sake of Fred, for the sake of the world, he lifted his laser gun, and he fired. Pew, 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 pew! 
With a bang that shook the chambers, the creature disappeared. The only thing left was a thick wall of cement blocks. Energy capsules, he muttered to himself, looking around. I don't even know what energy capsules look like. He walked into the chamber, hoping they would appear magically. But nothing happened. Out of frustration, he took a shot at the wall. Pew! Instantly, a huge cement block turned to dust, leaving a gaping hole. Behind it, Jason could see another section of the chamber. Could it be the capsules were behind the wall? Jason squeezed through the hole to the other side and looked around. Nothing. He sighed. Maybe Eve should have come after all. She would know where to look. He trudged back towards the hole, firing off two more rounds just for target practice. Pew! Pew! Two cement blocks vanished, leaving no trace. Pew! There it was! Right where the third block had been. It was a radiant sphere of energy. Inside it was a hologram of fearsome electronic energy. Eureka! Jason exclaimed. He walked towards it hands outstretched. It shimmered when his fingertips touched it. With a strange electronic whimper, it disappeared. Jason felt his suit receiving his energy. Jason blasted his way through every block of the wall. There were three more capsules, and he picked up the energy from each of them. Feeling a surge of power, Jason ran into the chamber. Eve was waiting patiently, in Sophia the Third, next to the edge of a cliff. He leaped into the air, landing right near the vehicle. Eve! He yelled, guess what I... But those were the only words he could say. The edge of the cliff gave out beneath him. He felt his body slip off. With a scream of terror, he looked downwards. The murky darkness of the lagoon rushed towards him. In it, the radioactive jellyfish seemed to be quivering with delight. Chapter 9 Jason fell into the dark water with a loud splash. Down, down he sank beneath the surface. He held his breath for a moment until he realized he didn't have to. His suit and helmet protected him from the water but not from the glowing jellyfish. They came at him, bubbling and beeping. With each pulsation, their tentacles shot out and then back in again. Jason had never been a good swimmer, but today he felt like he was ready for the Olympics. He kicked hard and propelled himself backwards. Jellyfish were slow to respond. Relieved, Jason flipped around and began to do an underwater dog paddle came face to face with another pack of jellyfish. He looked above and below. More jellyfish. They were closing in on him like swarms of bees. There was no place to go. A shout raced towards Jason's lips. But he held it back. Down here, no one would hear him. Down here, it would be a quick, silent, cold death. A tentacle glided towards him. He lurched backwards. 
Yow! The tip of the tentacle brushed his suit. The jolt pierced through him. Felt like a lightning bolt. He wriggled right and left, barely avoiding the tentacles. He scrunched his shoulders and pinned his arms to his side. And that's when he felt the gun. He hadn't thought of it and imagined that it might work underwater. He still wasn't sure it would. He ripped it out of his holster at any he took aim. The noise was muffled underwater, but the laser darts made a contact. Poof! The jellyfish disappeared, like a small whirlpool. Then another disappeared, and then another. Jason's aim was perfect. One by one, he picked them off. Yeehaw! He yelled, feeling like a gunslinger in an old west. It was time to get back to the surface and find Eve. By now, he had sunk so low, the water was almost pitch black. He thrust powerfully with his arms and kicked. He felt as if he were standing still. He thrust and kicked again. This time, he knew he wasn't standing still. The coral formation on the wall were rising, which meant he was sinking. It was the suit. He knew it. It was made for land travel, and it was too heavy to use underwater. He started to take it off and stopped himself. Sue was the only thing keeping him from drowning. Helplessly, he flailed in the water until he suddenly stopped moving. There was something beneath him. Something gooey. He planted both feet, then sank a few inches, and stayed put. He took a few steps, expecting to plunge off a ledge or something. If only he could see... As if an answer, a flock of beeping jellyfish appeared to his left. Their glow cast dull light around them. Jason could see that he was at the bottom of the lagoon. He grabbed his gun and fired. One by one, the jellyfish exploded, sending out bursts of light. And in the last burst, Jason saw something that gave him hope. A ladder. Lifting his feet gingerly out of the muck, Jason trudged blindly onwards. He kept his hands in front of him, feeling for the ladder. When his fingers closed around a wooden rung, he began to climb and climb and climb. The farther he got from the bottom, the less dark it was. He stopped counting the steps at 300. By then, he couldn't see the top, tiny ledge jutting out of the wall just above the water. There was barely enough room for him to stand. On the wall, covered by a thick film of seaweed and algae, there was a small door. It was either go through the door or go back down the ladder. It took about a half a second for him to make his choice. Jason ripped the seaweed away and pulled the door open. He stepped inside and cautiously looked around. There was a maze of pathways formed by a twisting ledge of plants carefully followed along the hedge, going left and right, trying to see what was ahead of him. Never once did he look behind. That was his first mistake. When the blast hit him, it was from behind. He felt himself jerk forward, but he never felt himself hit the floor. By that time, everything had gone completely black. 
And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Blaster Master. Hello, A.L. Singer. Uh, thanks for taking my letter. It's been a couple of weeks since we talked last. Uh, last week, I ended up getting pretty sick, and I, I could barely talk. Well, this week, my voice is coming back. It's still a little patchy. Uh, even today, as I write this letter, my voice is going in and out, so, you know, you, you're going to have to put up with me. I'm sorry, Mr. Singer. I, I know you expect more from me. Hopefully, I'll have this all resu- uh, resolved by next week. Then, this podcast will return to its wonderful form. Alrighty, so it looks like we're back to our old tricks, aren't we? A couple episodes ago, I noted how you were back to your old tricks, ending chapters with people falling to their deaths. You did it in like half of the chapters in Ninja Gaiden, and you're, you're, you've already done it twice in, in like the last four episodes. That's, that's not very many chapters. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised to, uh, to see the chapter in, uh, 8 ended with our hero falling to his death. But you know what? I actually was. I couldn't believe you had the balls, y- yet again, to trick us into believing that our hero would die by hitting a bunch of rocks or fall into lava or, or, or something like that. But we know better. I mean, th- this is only the 8th chapter. Of course Jason isn't going to fall to his death. He will get saved, and we'll continue our journey, and everybody will live happily ever after. So, if if we already know that this is going to happen, and this is how it works, why don't you pick some, some really epic or, or creative cliffhangers to use? For example, uh, why not have his, uh, his skin slowly being eaten alive by the Ebola uh, virus? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you see a, he sees a giant elephant being airdropped on, onto Eve, and he's helpless to do anything before it crushes her. Or maybe he lights his hair on fire. Wait, is that too soon? The point is, uh, there are literally thousands of ways to end a chapter. The, the fact that you continue to use the, the falling to his death thing is just lame. It shows how creatively bankrupt you are. It's really pathetic. This book is just horrible on, on every level. It, 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 you really should be ashamed of yourself. Who, who writes drivel like this? Who? Fuck this. I, I can't even take it anymore. Look, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on you like that. I, I, I didn't mean it. Serious. You, you're, you're still my, my special boo, right? Look, I, I've been under a lot of stress lately, and this illness thing didn't help anything, and I've just been I've just been out of it. I, I you know what I need to go off and relax or something like that. But I, I don't know. I, it's 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 just frustrating. You understand, right? You're right. You're right. I, I shouldn't have taken it out on you. you. You wrote these books like like two decades ago. You know what? What do you care if I'm having a bad week? Well, anyway, I'm gonna get out of here. I have things to do, and you know. You don't want to hear a sick guy bitch. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm really sorry. I will have a great weekend. You know what? Actually, scratch that. Have whatever kind of weekend you want. Have a crappy weekend for all I care. No, no. Worse than that. A nightmare of a weekend. Yeah, that's the stuff. Sincerely, Cyril Shaw.